goodness, we are back. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm touching this microphone. It feels good. It feels good to be back. I'm speaking. I can hear my voice. And we're here. We're back to recording the podcast. We're going to be here for a while. We, I just went on a week vacation. It was fantastic. Thank you for asking. Um, and now we're going to be back here recording weekly podcasts for, for the future until... I take another vacation or what have you. Something else happens, get sick, whatever. But we will be here for that. We will be recording podcasts until something like that happens. So you can check that out every week on Monday. We will post one every Monday evening. And, uh, oh, another piece of news. You can now listen to the Weekend Sports Wrap podcast wherever you get podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, um, Anywhere else that you can get podcasts. I don't even know. SoundCloud, maybe? I don't know if SoundCloud has podcasts. But if they do, you can find us there. Um, it doesn't really matter. You'll find us anywhere. You can still listen to it on sharedmedia.com. We're everywhere. Um, this week, we're going to talk about cowboy basketball, cowgirl basketball. We're going to get into the NFL Week 17, as well as the Broncos. Their season um, and it came to an end, an unfortunate end, this weekend in Week 17. And... Uh, now we will be uh now we'll be we will be watching the rest of the league try to compete for playoff spots and the and the the seating is all gonna change. Playoff and football playoffs is kind of crazy right now. We're gonna get into all of that. But first, we're gonna talk about the Wyoming Cowboy basketball team. They haven't played since Christmas Day when they beat South Florida 77 to 57, and they will have to wait until January 8th before they play again. They had games scheduled on New Year's Day as well as Tuesday, January 4th, but both were postponed due to COVID concerns. On, uh, on Boise State, and now the Cowboy basketball team as well have those same COVID concerns. Uh, the Pokes still sit at 11-2 and on the season, and their matchup scheduled for Saturday, January 8th, against Fresno State will be their Mountain West Conference opener. However, with those COVID concerns still likely in play, we will have to wait and see if that game gets pushed back as well. If, if that game is played, you'll be able to listen to it on uh, Smart Talk 106.3 FM. We will have the Broncos game on uh, 1410 AM and uh, 1410 AM and 106.9 FM KWYO so uh, the Bronco or the excuse me the Cowboy basketball team will be pushed over to Smart Talk 106.3 FM for that matchup and pregame is scheduled for 4:30 and tip is scheduled for 5 in that one so stay tuned for that uh, the Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team opened up their conference schedule with a trip to San Diego State last Tuesday and got the victory 62 to 54 Alba Sanchez Roma, or excuse me, Alba Sanchez Ramos and Quinn Weideman both led the team in scoring with 15 points each. Sanchez Ramos also notched a triple, a triple, or excuse me, a double double with uh, 13 rebounds as well. Allison Fertig also dropped a double double in the win, putting up 12 points and grabbing 12 rebounds as well. The Cowgirls then traveled to UNLV on New Year's Eve and fell in that matchup, 66 to 60. Weideman led the team in scoring in that one with 19 points, while Tommy Olson. Pitched in 11 points, and Fatigue pitched in another 10 points and 9 rebounds in the loss as well. The Cowgirls were supposed to play Boise State on Monday, the 3rd, but uh, the game was postponed due to the uh, same COVID issues that had been plaguing Boise State's boys basketball team. So now the Cowgirls will look ahead to a matchup with San Jose State in San Jose on Thursday with tips scheduled for 7 p.m., and then the girls will come back home to take on Fresno State on Sunday with tips scheduled for 1 p.m. in that one. You can listen to those games and all the Cowgirl basketball games all season long on Smart Talk 106.3 FM as well. Moving on to the NFL, the Broncos have now officially they have officially been eliminated from playoff contention after their loss to the Chargers on Sunday. The Los Angeles Chargers ran away with this one at home against the Broncos winning 34 to 13 in a game that was never 
really in doubt for the Chargers. It was uh, Drew Locke's second consecutive start playing for the injured Teddy Bridgewater. Locke also got hurt in this one as well and was replaced by Brett Ripien for a few snaps. Of the snaps Locke did play, he took 28 dropbacks and completed 18 passes for 245 yards at 9.8 yards per attempt. Uh, the numbers flattered his play a little bit, and uh, as there weren't really as many flashes of big-time throws in this one as there were last week. Um, last week, the Raiders completely shut down the Denver run game, and uh, and while it performed a little bit better this week, it was only a marginal improvement with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams combining for 24 attempts but gained at 70, just 73 yards, uh, 52 of those which came after contact. Noah Fant was the biggest playmaker for the Denver receivers in all of the Denver offense in this game. Uh, he came down with a 35-yard catch and run and finished the game with five catches for 87 yards, and he converted four first downs, which was twice as much as the next-best Denver receiver. Despite Drew Locke averaging just over three seconds per pass, the uh, the Denver offensive line held up well. Uh, Locke was pressured on just 21.4% of his dropbacks, according to Pro Football Focus, which with uh, none of the offensive linemen surrendering a pressure rate higher than 10%. Cameron Fleming allowed the most pressures with two and accounted for two hurries. On the defensive line, the Broncos played solid across the board but lacked a true impact performance. Jonathan Harris notched three defensive stops against the run uh, against the run to lead all the def- Broncos defensive linemen. Uh, Draymond Jones was the most effective pass rusher, getting 21 pass rush attempts and had a pass rush win rate of about 19%. Jonas Griffith continued his rise, an impressive play for Denver at the linebacking spot. He led the team in tackles with eight and had five defensive stops in the run game. However, he was not good in coverage, giving up four receptions on five targets for 31 yards and two first downs. In the secondary, Patrick Sertain going up against Keenan Allen was a fun battle all game long. Sertain was uh, by far the most tested player in the Denver secondary, seeing eight targets sent his way, more than uh, three more than the next most targeted Bronco. Uh, but Sertain held up well, uh, again held up well for a rookie, allowing just uh, five catches for 40 yards, three of which were first downs, while forcing two incompletions. The Denver Broncos' next matchup will be on Saturday against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs sit at 11-5 on the season and fell out of the one seed into the two seed with the loss of the Bengals on Sunday. Uh, the Chiefs still have a chance to clinch that one seed with a win against the Broncos on Saturday and a Titans loss, meaning they would still they will still be trotting out their starters all game and try to get them uh, that all-important first-round bye. Meanwhile, for the Broncos, with their season over, this game means basically nothing to them. They're playing for pride Uh, Whatever that accounts for at this point, I wouldn't expect to see Teddy Bridgewater come back for this one whatsoever. And as far as as the rest of the team with basically nothing on the line at this point, I would be surprised if the Broncos would risk putting guys like Justin Simmons out there in this one uh, for longer than a few limited number of snaps. But Vic Fangio is not someone that likes to rest people just for the sake of rest, so who knows what we are going to see on Saturday. I highly doubt it, but the Broncos can play somewhat of a spoiler against the Chiefs with the win. Which would uh, which would make the AFC playoff bracket all all sorts of messed up and send it into a tailspin. Uh, so we will see if that acts as some sort of motivator for the Broncos in their final game of the 2021-2022 season. You can listen to the Chiefs Broncos on 1410 AM and 106.9 FM KWYO on Saturday afternoon with pregame scheduled for noon and kickoff scheduled for 2:25. It was a football-filled Sunday uh, with all the Week 17 games except for one coming yesterday. The only one that's not is coming on Monday. Uh, we'll get started with the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Indianapolis and upsetting the Colts 23-20 to with a game-winning field goal from Daniel Carlson as time expired. Big-time plays from the Raider offense and special teams that doomed the Colts. Vegas got a good field position with a few returns, and the offense produced three plays of 20-plus yards 
which helped them overcome two Derek Carr interceptions and a pretty ineffective run game. The Colts were just 3 of 11 on third down conversions, and Wentz had a pretty, Carson Wentz, quarterback Carson Wentz, had a pretty rough game, completing just 50% of his pass attempts in the first half, and for the most part, the offense struggled outside of Jonathan Taylor. That Colts team is still not somebody you want to you want to see in January, but uh, a loss to the uh, Raiders is not at home, too. Uh, a loss to the Raiders at home is not a, a very appealing way to go into the playoffs. They still have one game remaining, but uh, we'll see where they're at come playoff time. They're more than likely fighting for I mean, they are fighting for a wild card spot at this point with the Titans winning the AFC South this previous weekend against the Dolphins. And uh, speaking of that, the Tennessee Titans were at home and dominated the Miami Dolphins 34-3 to in a revenge game for Ryan Tannehill. It was an ugly weather day in Nashville, and the Titans are perfectly built for games like that. They are the perfect team to play in bad weather. Even without Derrick Henry, Mike Vrabel relied on the ground game and rushed for a total of 198 yards uh, and was led by a career-high 132 yards for from Deonta Foreman. Uh, the defense for the Titans also held the Dolphins 3 of 12 from third downs, uh, 3, of 12 on, 3, of, 3 of 12 on third downs and forced two turnovers as well. Titans, man, they're going to be... Uh, they, they, they looked like they'd struggled a little bit kind of towards the middle part of the season, especially with Derrick Henry coming out um, and getting hurt. But now that they have that, as long as they win out this next upcoming week, um, they have that first-round bye locked up. That team is going to be very scary, and especially, especially if Derrick Henry comes back, because that is what all signs are pointing for. Week 18, and then you get the bye, which is another week for Derrick Henry to, to rest up and come back, and then... You have to face them in the first in the divisional round with a healthy Derrick Henry, a solid defense, um, and Julio Jones and AJ Brown. And if, if they're playing as well, Ryan Tannehill would be able to carve some people up with a uh, solid play action pass uh, a threat as well with Derrick Henry in the backfield. So that is not a team you want to see. Obviously, being the one seed, um, they looked like probably they were going to go into the go into the playoffs as one of the easier top seeds to beat uh, a few weeks ago. It felt like that, but now. Um, that's not a team you want to run into anymore. That is not, if they get Derrick Henry back, that is not a team you want to run into. Uh, the game of the day by far, by far, was the Bengals against the Chiefs. I cannot believe, I cannot believe, we have the flex schedule and everything, and I cannot believe this game was not flexed out of the 1 p.m., the 1 p.m. time, 11 a.m. our time. Why Why were we watching this game at 11 a.m.? It does not make any sense to me. Um, the Bengals came out victorious as time expired with a game-winning field goal, 34-31. to Joe Burrow became the first player in NFL history to throw for 400-plus yards and four touchdowns in consecutive games. Even though they fell behind by two scores, the Bengals were able to match KC's firepower on offense throughout the rest of the game, and the Bengals' defense proved to be the X-factor in the second half, holding the Chiefs to back-to-back, punk, back-to-back punts to begin the third quarter and a field goal in what proved to be their final possession of the game holding the Chiefs to 112 yards of total offense and just three points in the second half. Not to mention wide receiver Jamar Chase broke the single-game record for most receiving yards by a rookie, finishing with 11 catches for 266 yards and three touchdowns. This team is going to be a force to be reckoned with if uh, they continue to play like this. I mean, Joe Burrow is going to be only going to get better. Jamar Chase somehow is only going to get better, even though he's been one of the best players in the league, even though he's a rookie. He's been one of the best players in the league all season long. Um, he's probably going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year if Mac Jones doesn't have an incredible game Week 18, but I doubt he does. I doubt he even plays Week 18. Um, it's crazy. The Bengals, the Bengals had they they fixed their entire team in two drafts. They they fixed their entire team in two drafts. They're not perfect 
Absolutely not. They're not perfect. They still need some help on defense. Their defensive line is pretty solid, but their offensive line is not that great. Their defensive, uh, se- their secondary isn't that great either. They need some help on defense. Their offensive line could use work. But man, they just won the AFC North, and uh, th- that made them the seventh team in NFL history to win their division after finishing in last place in their division in each of the previous three seasons. Their um, their futures bet for uh, for wins this season. Um, when I was looking at it. It was six and a half. It was six and a half. People thought they were going to get six and a half wins. That's what the market gave them, six and a half wins. It is incredible what uh, what they have turned around there. Zach Taylor should be in every consideration for uh, for Coach of the Year. It is an incredible turnaround that the Bagels have done, and um, that is a team that is going to be a lot of fun to watch for the next five to ten years. Uh, the Chicago Bears were at home and dominated the New York Giants 29-3. to The Giants were god-awful in this game. They were Terrible. They ended the game with a total of negative 10 total passing yards and committed four turnovers. Giants quarterback Mike Glennon, Mike the Neck Glennon, completed just four of 11 passes for 24 yards with two interceptions and was sacked four times for 34 yards, a net total of negative 10 passing yards. A round of applause for Mike Glennon. He's made $32 million in career salary earnings in his career. This is bad. Yikes. Negative 10. They had more yards walking into the stadium that day than they did leaving the stadium that day. Truly, truly a disgusting day from the Giants. They basically abandoned the pass after the first two drives. Giant head coach uh, Joe Judd said after the game that the Giants were, quote, not some clown show organization, end quote. End quote. Uh, they're 22-58 and 58 since 2017, which is tied for the worst record in the NFL in that span with the other clown show in New York, the Jets. Um... I'm sorry, New York football fans, but uh, there is not a lot to look forward to right now unless you are a Brooklyn Nets fan, which is basketball, or a Knicks fan who happen to be pretty good. Um, But as for football, not fun. Not fun to be a football fan in New York right now. Uh, Staying in New York, but going upstate, the Buffalo Bills beat the Atlanta Falcons 29-15. It was a very rough day for Josh Allen, who went just 11 for 26 for for 120 yards. While throwing three picks, it was the run game of both Allen and Devin Singletary that bailed out the Bills in this one with uh, both combining for 38 carries and 191 yards and all four touchdowns coming on the ground. Uh, the win for the Bills clinched a playoff spot, and they're a win away from uh, clinching back-to-back AFC East titles. Um, on the Falcons' side, tight end Kyle Pitts set the Falcons' franchise rookie record for yards receiving and uh, became the uh, NFL's second rookie tight end to top 1,000 yards, receiving behind only Mike Ditka, and he's only 58 yards away from Ditka's record, set back in 1961 for rookie tight end receiving yards as well. The Buffalo Bills, uh, they should clinch next week. I I haven't looked at their schedule. Um, If they win, they will be back-to-back AFC East uh, champions, and um, so Mac Jones will play next week, obviously, for that scenario. and we'll see if the Bills can actually clinch back-to-back AFC East, uh, AFC East divisional titles. Uh, the New England Patriots completely dismantled the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had a great day, 50-10. to uh, The Patriots took out their frustrations of losing to the Bills last week on the Jags and clinched a playoff berth with this win. Quarterback Mac Jones threw three touchdowns passes while Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson rushed for two touchdowns apiece. The win snapped a two-game losing streak for the Patriots and gave head coach Bill Belichick his 20th. 10-win season as a head coach, tying Don Shula for the most in NFL history. Um, an absolutely insane stat. 20 10-win seasons as a head coach, tying Don Shula. Truly the greatest coach of all time. Um, on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, the Jaguars, 
have now lost eight straight games, and this was their 17th straight loss on the road, the longest streak in the NFL. The Los Angeles Rams traveled to Baltimore and escaped with a 20-19 victory over the Ravens. The Rams were able to weather the storm after a slow start, and the defense forced a couple of key field goals that set up uh, two late-scoring drives by Matthew Stafford, who made up for his early struggles. Uh, The Ravens were only able to score 13 points off turnovers, and their inability to do more with those opportunities contributed to that loss. Uh, Rams receiver Cooper Cup quietly continues to have one of the greatest receiving seasons we have ever seen and needs 12 catches and 136 receiving yards and the season finale against the 49ers to break the single-season records of receptions set by Michael Thomas in 2019 and receiving yards set by Calvin Johnson back in 2012. The Philadelphia Eagles traveled to Washington and beat WFT 22-16. The Eagle defense played fantastic in the second half and was the turning point in this one, holding Washington to just 81 yards on 27 on uh, 27 plays and zero points after giving up points on Washington's first four possessions of the game. It was an ugly win for the Eagles, but uh, the win and the loss by the Vikings in Sunday Night Football gave the Eagles their fourth playoff berth in five years. And if you haven't seen um, the video of Jalen Hurts walking to the tunnel and the Eagles fans trying to give him a high five and they all fall over the railing, please go watch it. It's also it's it's funny because you know nobody got hurt, which is a good thing. So it's funny in that sense. But man, that if you're a Washington football fan. That place is a death trap. I would never, ever go to FedEx Field. That place, even if I was a Washington football fan, if my if my dad or whoever got me tickets to go watch Washington football team at FedEx Field, I'd probably decline and just scalp the tickets because that place is a death trap. Whoever wants to go watch football there, you're crazy. You're you're gonna get you're you're gonna fall off the railing and die, and then you know, then what? You're not gonna you're not gonna win with uh, Dan Snyder on the other side being. The, the defendant, because he wins every case, it seems like. It's ridiculous. That place is awful. You're going to get tetanus walking around that place. Please get a new stadium, Washington. It is a joke. It's a joke. Moving on. The New Orleans Saints were at home and defeated the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers, 18-10. to It was a defensive showcase for the Saints, who turned in a seven-sack performance, including three-and-a-half sacks from Cam Jordan. The Saints nearly won the game without scoring a touchdown for the second time in three games, but Alvin Kamara scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter for their first TD in 11 quarters. Uh, the win kept the Saints in the playoff hunt, and the loss for the Panthers give them, gives them a 2-11 record in their last 13 games, which is tied for the worst record with Jacksonville over that span. They started the season 3-0 and and have gone 2-11 in the last 13 games since starting that season, starting the regular season 3-0, which seems like eons ago. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers were at home and beat the Houston Texans 23-7. to It was Trey Lance's first start since Week 5, and he had a pretty good game, finishing 16 for 23 for 249 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. He also averaged the most air yards per attempt at 11.5 and the most yards on 10-plus yard uh, air yard passes with 205 uh, by, any, uh, by any 49ers quarterback in a game over the last three seasons. Uh, Elijah Mitchell was great out of the backfield, going uh, going for 119 yards on 21 carries. The win for the 49ers keeps them in the playoff hunt, and the loss for the Texans somehow this late in the season officially eliminated them from playoff contention. That would be insane. The, if they won this game, say the Texans win this game, so they're 5-11, and and then they go on to win next week, they're 6-11. They could have won. They could have made the playoffs. They they somehow, you know, they would have needed a lot of help, but... Um, there is a scenario. There was a scenario, some ungodly scenario, where the Texans win next week or won this game and then win next week, where the Texans make the playoffs and we have Davis Mills going in and being a, a playoff quarterback. That would have been a beautifully 
disgusting scenario that I kind of wish I would have seen. But here we are. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks were at home and dominated the Detroit Lions 51-29. to And what was probably, I'm being a little, you know, a predictory here, um, and what was probably Russell Wilson's final home game for the Seattle Seahawks, he finished 20-29 for with 236 yards and four touchdowns. I am being predictory, but, I mean, all signs show that he is probably going to leave Seattle. Pete Carroll has not done himself any favors wanting to keep Russell Wilson. We wanted They wanted to let Russ cook for God knows how long, but we still have you know, Rashad Penny, even though he had a great game, running 25 times, and um, Russell Wilson is going to look for greener pastures, and he should. He should probably he can go to New Orleans or something like that, and he would, be a, they, he would catapult a team like that into playoff contingent, not even playoff contingent, Super Bowl contingent, if he went to somewhere like, if he went to somewhere like New Orleans. Easily. Um, his backfield mate, though, in this game, Rashad Penny stole the show, rushing 25 times for a career-high 170 yards, including 144 yards in just the first half and two touchdowns for the Lions. Ride receiver Amon St. Brown continued his impressive second half of the season. Ar- arguably the biggest bright, so- bright spot for the Lions have been, has been Amon St. Brown. They've got a pretty good diamond in the rough in receiving in receiver uh, from Amon St. Brown. Um, he continued his impressive second half of the season with an eight catch and a 111-yard two-touchdown performance. He became the first Detroit Lion rookie to have touchdown catches in three straight games since Dave Middleton way back in 1955. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals went on the road and beat the Dallas Cowboys 25-22. to Throughout his football career, from high school to now the pros, from high school to college to now the pros, Kyler Murray is now 9-0 and in his career playing at AT&T Stadium. I believe he played there five times, I want to say, in high school, then three times or two times in college, and then three times in um, in the pros. Is that nine? Five, two, seven, no. So four times in high school, two times in college, three times in the pros. He is 9-0. and oh. That is a crazy stat. From the excessive amount of penalties in the first half to a bunch of drops, both were the Achilles heel for the Cowboys in this one. The Cardinals failed to put the Cowboys away. When they had the chance, though, letting a 15-point lead shrink to just three points in the fourth quarter, but they held out and uh, made the NFC seeding all sorts of confusing with this win. Uh, the Cowboys lost Michael Gallup to a torn ACL in the second quarter, unfortunately, and after that dominant win over Washington last week, the offense entirely fell back to earth and the defense was not able to contain Murray late in the game, causing them to lose the game and their grip on the two-seed in the NFC section of the playoffs. Uh, the Packers and Vikings had the late game on Sunday, and the Packers dominated, winning 37-10. to I do not care about this game. We were on prime time. Kirk got COVID. <sighs> well, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I don't I don't care. Uh, the win for the Packers clinches the number one seed for Green Bay, heading into the playoffs and ensures uh, that the road to the Super Bowl goes through Titletown. The Packer offense feasted on the Vikings' defense and could have easily been up by 30 at halftime. That part's actually true. Uh, the Vikings were without Kirk Cousins due to COVID-19. He's not vaccinated. Thank you, Kirk. Uh, but they were worse than the Packers in basically every facet of the game. They were bad situationally and just bad in general. They have now failed to reach their uh, pregame, their preseason win total, according to the market, the betting market anyways, three out of the last four years. And um, I believe they're 36 or something like that, 36 and 38 and one against the spread with Kirk Cousins at quarterback, or 32-38-1 and 38 and one against the spread with Kirk Cousins and the quarterback. I didn't write that stat down, but it's just depressing, you know? I mean, 
I don't know what to think anymore. You know, the Vikings, I'm happy the season's over. We still have a week to go, but I don't even know who we play. It's probably, it's like the Lions or something. Maybe it's the Bears. I don't care. It's not the Lions. I think it's the Bears. I think it's the Bears. Um, I'm not going to watch. Season's over. I can't wait for April when the draft come, comes around and my hopes go all the way back up again. I do this every season for every sports team that I watch. The Thunder, the Red Sox, the Sooners of Oklahoma, the Vikings. Does not matter. Every offseason, there's a spot in the in the offseason where I'm like, okay, we got a good team. We can do this this year. We can do it. And I did it again with the Vikings. And look at this. We're 7-9, so I don't care. Whatever. I'm excited for April. Draft night. Woo! All right, finally, I saved this one for last. It was one of the early games on Sunday, but uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers came back and beat the New York Jets 28-24. to Blah, 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 blah. Jets nearly pulled off the upset of the year in this one, but Tom Brady, of course, turned back into Tom Brady, broke the hearts of the Jets fans for the 1,000th, 1 billionth, 100 billionth time. But, of course, the real reason I saved this one for last was the entire, the entire Antonio Brown situation slash fiasco. I wanted to talk about it, so we're going to talk about it. Um... So I'm going to give my two cents on the situation that transpired with Antonio Brown on Sunday afternoon in the game between the Jets and the excuse me the Jets and the Buccaneers. Um, the situation itself was pretty funny. Um, seeing Antonio Brown rip off his pads and then his shirt, he it reminded me of like a toddler when they get sent to like timeout or something or they get in trouble. And then all of a sudden they're just running around with like their diaper on. You have no idea what happened to their clothes, and they're just sprinting around all angry. That's what it reminded me of, and it also reminded me of a deleted scene from the replacements. It felt like a deleted scene from the replacements with Keanu Reeves. I thought that's what was happening. I thought it was scripted, um, but it was real. I can't believe it was real. It was great content. It made for a great Sunday afternoon that made me laugh very hard. Um, and other than that chiefs Bengals game, this this dominated the headlines for the rest of the night, basically. Um, or Yeah, for basically the rest of the night. And it was, uh, it was interesting to, see, to hear people's takes on it. And um, just going from what Antonio Brown was to what he is today, on the grand, in the grand scheme of things, that situation yesterday, you know, just the situation was pretty funny. But the grand scheme of things, it is a... Very sad way to flame out as a football player who, you know, has an addiction to his, you know, his own admittance, an addiction to social media um, and Twitter and in Instagram and stuff like that. What feels like, and we know what football does to people and what it does to people mentally, especially professional players, that what has happened to them mentally. And we know all the names and we know all the instances of what has happened to them given CTE and everything else that comes from playing football professionally it is a dangerous game, man. There is not a more dangerous game in our world that, you know, that is professional football, that does more than what it does than anything else than professional football, especially post-career. Um, and it, it's crazy to see this change in personality from Antonio Brown and a distinctive difference between who he was and who he is now. And you can't help but think that something is going on there that we just don't know. Um, and I don't want to speculate. You know, I don't, I'm not a psychologist by any means. I don't want to sound like I know who Antonio Brown is, but I know what was Antonio Brown before, and I know what he is now, and it feels like they're completely two different people. Whatever happened, whatever has happened to him, has completely changed him as a person, be that on the field or off the field. And it's uh, 
it's a sad way to see him go out. And um, I hope he gets help. I hope he gets happy. And I don't want it to sound like I'm giving him forgiveness or a benefit of the doubt of anything else that he has done off the field. You know, he's had sexual assault, um, sexual assault uh, cases be um, be settled. Um, against him and stuff like that. We've had the we had the furniture situation where he threw furniture at somebody. We had the um, I mean that was just to name a few um, of the situations that came off the field. And I don't want it to sound like I'm discrediting any of that because of what's happened to him. That is unacceptable stuff. I do not want it to sound like that at all. But it just seeing the difference between then and now, there seems to be a completely different person that we're dealing with. And you can't help but think that it has something to do with the game of football and what has happened and the hits that he has taken over his career and, you know, just the stuff that has happened to him mentally thanks to the game of football. So, in the grand scheme of things, it's sad. It's disappointing to see him flame out like this. But the situation yesterday was pretty funny. I mean, just the whole thing. It was like, like I said, it was like I was watching a deleted scene, something scripted from a movie. So... You know, lots of things to think about. Food for thought. It's a weird thing for me to end on now that I'm reading this. It's a weird thing for me to end on. Something kind of sour. But, you know, and I just want to leave people on a thinking note. So get those brains a-going. Tell me tell me what you think in the comments on sharedmedia.com when we post this. Um, also, again, like I said at the beginning, you can listen to this podcast now wherever you listen to podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I don't know what they have. I can't remember what it's called. Google Podcasts, so that's what I'm going to call it. I think it's on Amazon. It, wherever you listen to podcasts, Podcast Wyoming as well. PodcastWyoming.com is a new site that we have. You can go listen to all the stuff we put out for podcasts um, from Sheridan Media. You can go listen to them all on PodcastWyoming.com and then on SheridanMedia.com as well. So make sure you tune in every week on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen, and uh, we will have a new podcast, a new sport, a weekend sports wrap for you each week on Monday. And uh, this is the wrap. This is the end for the first 2022 Weekend Sports Wrap podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. I have been your host, James Timberlake.